Thank you so much for joining us today. We would love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment and visit NBCOcala.com stories to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to help support the ministry financially, you can give online or through our mobile giving app. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. And help me welcome our internet family. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. If you don't know me, my name is Heron Yibado. I just like the way you say it, man. Is that a cool name or what? <laughs> well, good evening. How's everybody? Thank you for coming out tonight, and I'm excited to, to teach tonight. Um, also, one of our pastors told me just short before service, Pastor John Bullington came in and showed me on the, on the weather map that the storms moved a little further west even and, and will be a little further away from us. We pray for those that would be in its path, and, uh, but grateful that um, our, our toll will be less and less and less. So I'm, I'm thankful. Amen. Amen. So, well, uh, we're going to get into the word tonight. And uh, before I do that, I want to remind you about Sunday. And we're in a series called New View. And uh, you better get here or we will hunt you down. (laughs) No, it's real important that you get here, though. And very important series, very timely, and I think very strategic. And so I want to encourage you all uh, to be a part of that. We've got small groups about to launch and so now's the time to shop a small group, okay? And by shop, I mean go online or go to the hub and find a group that fits. Well, I've never been in a group before. Well, that's not a reason. It's not really, it's really not a reason to not be in one. Um, and uh, you're going to be blessed and you're going to benefit from being in that, in that setting. Um, there are three settings you must have for spiritual growth. And spiritual growth is a must, okay, above anything else. You know, having a good hair day or, or starting to get back in shape, whatever else, spiritual growth is, is far, and, far and above more important than all those things. Amen. And there are three settings you must get into. Do you hear, you hear your pastor tonight? Three settings you must get into. Number one is all alone. You must have all alone time with God. That's where I get my courage. That's where I get my peace. That's where, where I get my bearings again. All alone with God. Secondly, it's all together, and that's in these settings. And the book of Hebrews says, keep doing that and do it all the more as you see the day approaching. Amen? And you know what day they're talking about. Election day. No, nah, I'm joking. All alone, all together, and then together. You've got to be in a smaller setting, not in rows, but in circles, close to people, so that you can know and be known, love and be loved, serve and be served. And something dynamic happens in each of those settings that can't happen in any other setting. And it's important that you get all three of those. We are designed to get into those settings, and that will help our spiritual growth. Amen? Amen. All right. And then growth tracks, starting back up a whole other round of growth tracks starting this week. Uh, every month, it, it, it re- repeats again and again. And uh, not repeat as in boring, but we started all over again. We had a great group uh, for uh, this last month. Uh, I think we had about 70 Then went the whole month through there, and that is just tremendous. Because who is it that we want to go through growth track? Everybody, everybody. So if you haven't been, go. And if you haven't been in a while, hey, go back again. So, amen. Well, I want to teach tonight on something called Good, Good Father. How many of you know we have a good, good father? Lee actually gave me a a joke here. I'm going to read it to you. 
Four men are in the hospital waiting room because their wives are having babies. A nurse goes up to the first guy and says, congratulations, you're the father of twins. He said, that's odd. I work for the Minnesota Twins. The nurse came to the second guy and a few minutes later and said, congratulations, you're the father of triplets. He said, that's weird. I work for the 3M company. A nurse comes out a little bit and tells the third man, congratulations, you're the father of quadruplets. He said, that's strange. I work for the Four Seasons Hotel. The last man is groaning and banging his head against the wall. They said, what's wrong? He said, I work for 7-Up. <laughs> Isn't that good? You can use that now, okay? All right. Well, let's talk about our, our Father God and, and something very important with us. Thanks for that joke, Lee. In all of the Old Testament books and in all of the uh, existing extra-biblical, you know, beyond Scripture, Jewish writings... Um, from the beginning of Judaism to the end of the 10th century A.D., there is no reference of any Jewish person addressing God directly in the first person as Father. Okay? They had such revere and uh, approach to God that they almost, in a sense, held, held God at a distance because of the holiness and severity of, of God in that sense. The, the first to call God Father, directly Father, was Jesus of Nazareth. And this is a huge departure from tradition. And then beyond that, in every recorded prayer that we have, and by recorded I mean written down, I didn't want some of y'all to come up afterwards. I want to hear it. No. In every recorded prayer that we have of Jesus, except for one, he addresses God as Father. Now, this is huge. And then beyond that, because he did this, is part of the reason that many of his enemies wanted to destroy him. Um, because he presumed and assumed this intimate language with um, the sovereign God of heaven, the creator of all things, and suddenly Jesus is uh, on the scene and he's referring to this holy, sovereign, creator God in such intimate and personal ways as Father. And it irked him, it irritated him, it went against all of their tradition, and here he's doing it. And then to top that, do you know what else he did? Then he taught all of his followers all of his followers, all of his people. He said, pray like this. Help me out. Our Father. So this is driving the religious people berserk that he's doing this. But here's the thing. He has given us the right and the privilege to come into the presence of the majesty of God and to address him as Father. That is beautiful. And I can almost sense with some of you, though, um, can we really do that? And we want to we make some good gains and ga gain some freedom tonight concerning that. He has adopted us into his family. 
God has adopted us into his family. And then he has made us co-heirs, joint heirs with his only begotten son. So we are in the family because he adopted us. And not only we are adopted, we are fully adopted in the sense now that we are co-heirs, joint heirs with Jesus Christ, his only begotten son. Let's read in Romans chapter 8. The spirit you received, now Paul is writing to believers now, okay? The spirit you received does not make you slaves. And didn't we, didn't we sing some awesome songs tonight, you know? The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. Now this word Abba uh, actually means to show kindness. It's root. It means to show kindness. It means nourisher and provider. So by him we cry, Abba, Father. Verse 16. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are, help me out, God's children Verse 17, now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Can we get a good amen on that tonight? Jesus, look at this statement here. Jesus was God's son by nature, but we are all his sons and daughters by adoption. So I want you to go ahead and say this. God is my father and I am his child. Okay. Now understand that he adopted you, but the book of Ephesians tells us that we were chosen, adopted, and beloved. Chosen. He wanted us. We weren't just, you have any left? No, he chose us. You, you got any others? No, he chose us, chosen, adopted, accepted into the beloved. Chosen, adopted, accepted into the beloved. Don't you say that? Chosen, adopted, accepted into the beloved. I almost felt like rapping under that. But that's powerful truth that we need to know that comes from Ephesians chapter one. Now, here's where I wanted to head tonight. Well, first, before we do that, let's go to Matthew chapter six. And I want us to just read together um, the Lord's prayer, okay? And this is a model prayer. Um, We're going to do it out of the New King James Version. You might have learned it out of King James or some other, but so that we all do this in unison here, let's just read this this together. Did I? Matthew 6. Okay, here we go. For your Father knows. Here, we'll get to it in just a moment. For your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask. Okay? That's important to know. Your Father knows. Wait, go back, go back, go back. There we go. For your father knows the things you have need of before you ask. Who does? Whose father? father. Your father knows the things you have need of before you ask. Now, let's go ahead. Now, in this manner, therefore, pray. Come on with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts 
as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. But in the context of all that, he says, your, your father knows the things that you need. This is important. Your father knows the things that you need. Is he able to do anything about it? Okay, this is not like, hey, the children need new shoes. Yeah, well, we can't do anything about it. This is your father knows what things you need. And then Jesus said, so ask him and go ahead and ask him like this. And the beginning of that is our father. Now, here's the problem, and this is where I wanted to, to head tonight. And then we're, we're going to study out a few things. And then we have kind of a little exercise that we want, we want to do tonight. There's a disconnect sometimes, and it causes um, kind of a limited view of our heavenly father based on our earthly father. Okay? Now, if you're sitting with your dad tonight, it's okay. But, but there, is, there can be a disconnect and a limited view of our heavenly father sometimes because of our earthly father. I have tried, I've endeavored, I've prayed every morning, I've worked hard, I've read, I've listened, I've gone to conferences, I've tried to do everything that I could to be the best father that I could be. But as my children have gotten older and as I've, uh, hopefully am wiser, I've, with all of them, I've kind of given them a blanket apology that, hey, I wish I'd done better at this. I wish this season of our life I'd been a little more this. Um, But know that I've loved you every day of your life. Know that I would would jump in front of a a truck to save you. You know, that there's nothing I would not do for you. But the best efforts that I have, the best studying and mentoring and anything else that I've had, I know that I've not been a perfect father. And I know that there's probably things that, how many of you have blind spots? See, you didn't raise your hand because you think, no, I don't have them. You know why you don't think you have them? Because they're blind spots. You don't, <laughs> I'm good. I'm, I'm, I know I have blind spots. You know, and so for those, you know, if, I'm, if, if I've ever made them feel this way or that way, you know, and I've prayed, God, Thank you that my children survived me, you know, and, and that, and, and we're blessed. I'm so thankful for what's going on in the lives of our children. But I know this as, as hard as I've tried with the best information that I've had and the help of God, I know that I've not been a perfect father. And the last thing that I want is for anything that any limitation or quirk that I may have to somehow block their view of their heavenly father. Are y'all, are you hearing me? So let's, let's explore this a little bit. The disconnect, limited view of a heavenly father based on our earthly father. So here's a few descriptions of what might could happen with an earthly father, okay? He could be good. He could be great. He could be absent. He could be present but absent emotionally. Abusive. Harsh. Weak, played favorites, and it wasn't you. Moody, sinful, addicted, 
didn't keep promises, hypocritical, workaholic, perfectionistic, showed little or no affection, silent, non-affirming, and we could go on and on and on. And so if we've had any of those, and the list goes on and on and on, if we've had any of those, we're just designed this way, God designed it this way, that we're to obey our parents in the Lord, the Amplified Bible says, as his representatives. So there's a role of father and mother as, as we're raising people, raising our children to be people uh, that helps them to know how to properly respond to God and respond to the world around them. So if any of these things, and all of us have experienced some of these things, then it could lead to misconceptions about God. And so here's some of the misconceptions then based on limitations of an earthly father. We would think that God is mad, or he's demanding, or he's impersonal, or he's never satisfied, or he's distant, detached, difficult to get a hold of, difficult to get his attention, unpredictable, a pushover, absent, loves others more than me, unreliable, unfaithful, can't take him at his word, religion is only for social or special occasions. You know, we would get all these, you know, we, we could get all of these misconceptions about God because of, you know, our earthly fathers. So we have to look past our earthly fathers. We are to love them. We're to honor them. We're to thank them. We are to forgive them. Release them. Everybody's just staring straight ahead, just like, well. Dad might be watching on the internet. I, you know, <laughs> no. Forgive them, release them. But here's the thing, but we, we must look past any limitation that might be on us concerning our view of God because of our earthly fathers. Are you with me? So here's what's at stake. How you view God is vital and it affects everything else in your life. Do you hear me? How you view God is vital because it affects everything else in your life and even your eternity. Jesus told us, do not worry. Tell somebody, do not worry. Do not worry. Okay, now watch this because this will just be one place we can land this. The key to not worrying, and we already read some reference to it earlier just before the Lord's Prayer, but look in Matthew chapter 6, verse 32. Your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Read that with me. Your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. What things? Whatever things. And in the context there, it had to do with food and clothing, shelter, and so forth. And it said, you know, all these things, people without a relationship with God, they will seek after those things. And then he said, do this though. Seek after God and he would take care of the things. Are you with me? So your heavenly father, say my heavenly father. My heavenly father knows you need all these things. So let's just make it real personal. Uh, And let me say it first. My heavenly father knows what I need. My heavenly father knows what I need. Why, Why don't you say that? My heavenly father knows what I need. So when you believe that, let me 
Stop right there. When you don't believe that, you worry. When you're assured of that, you don't worry. My Heavenly Father knows what I need. If I don't believe that, I'll worry. What do you worry about? Don't say it out loud. What do you worry about? Think about it. What do you worry about? What are you worrying about now? What is it that you're worrying about? Well, what about your Heavenly Father? Amen. Does He know what you need? Yes. Is He able to do anything about it? Amen. Well, when you don't believe that, you will worry. But when you're assured of that, you don't worry. So at the very heart of what Jesus was teaching, do not worry. And how many of you know worry and mess you up? And then it'll mess up the people around you. And if you're a dad, it'll mess up how you father. You know, and so do not worry. But the key to us not worrying is knowing my heavenly father knows what I need. So quickly, I want to go over some attributes of our heavenly father. Okay, so we're looking past dad. Okay, we're looking, not dishonoring. We're not dishonoring our earthly father. But we must look past our earthly father. However good or horrible he may have may have been, whether he was in your life or not in your life or whatever, we must look past now and look to our Heavenly Father because it's, the, it's the, the knowing that my Heavenly Father knows what I need. That's what, that's what causes me to trust him. So let's look at a few things here real quick, attributes of our Heavenly Father besides this, that he created you and he loves you. Y'all are so quiet. Look at this, omnipotent, omnipotent, which means this, he's all powerful and he can do anything that does not violate his nature. There's nothing he cannot do. So let's add this. My heavenly father knows what I need and he can do something about it. Okay. Next is this, omnipresent. He is everywhere present at once at the same time. I'd heard T.D. Jake say a few years ago, see if I can get it right. Um, when you left home, he waved goodbye to you. He was in the car with you. And when you got here, he was waiting on you. He's sitting with you and in you now. And he's at home watching your stuff. He's everywhere present at once, the same time. He is not limited by time or by space. My heavenly father knows what I need, and he can get there. Next is this, omniscient, omniscient. He is all-knowing. He is all-knowing. He has complete and perfect knowledge of everything. He's all-knowing. Next is this, omnibenevolent, omnibenevolent. It means he is only good. He has grace and mercy and patience. The word God in the Anglo-Saxon actually is the same root as good. So good, God is, God is good. In 1 John 1, 5, it says, in him is no darkness at all. He's only wise, which means he always only does what is best. He always only does what is best. One more here, immutable, immutable, which means he is not subject to change. This is the only ability he does not have. 
the ability to change. He cannot change. And when you are assured, when you are assured that my heavenly father is all powerful, everywhere present at once, knows everything, perfect knowledge of everything, he's only good, he will always only do what is best, and he will not change. When you're assured of that, you do not worry. You will trust him. And that's why it's a good thing to start a prayer or start a day or anything else with my father. My father. And to know that he is a good, good father. Amen? Now, we're going to move on into something. And um, we've not really done this. We've done some things related to this. How many of you know you need hugs? Psychologists say you need 12 hugs a day. Okay? Now, hang on. You need three just to survive. So if you live all by yourself and you don't have any friends, you need to start riding the bus or something, okay? All right? Get into a small group, I'm telling you. All right, you need three to survive, six hugs a day to maintain, nine to make progress, and 12 to thrive. We're going to do something tonight, though, and in just a moment, I'm going to pray over all of you, and we're just going to pray a prayer that just kind of sets our hearts concerning our earthly father and our heavenly father. And then we have invited several men to come, and, and I'm going to be one of them. We're going to stand across the front here. Now, I don't want you to think this is weird, okay? But we want to stand symbolically in the place of an earthly father symbolic of a relationship with the heavenly father and we're going to give hear this we're going to give holy pure healthy father hugs now if you if you don't need that or you say i'm not a hugger it's probably because your dad wasn't a hugger i'm a hugger and a kisser and, and our whole family we we There's never a time that we leave each other's presence that there's not hugging and kissing going on. And if you need that tonight, now we're not going to cuddle, okay? And and listen, no no one's keeping track of what you do tonight, you know, if you come or whatever. But the reality would be we're we're just going to kind of line up across the front. Worship team's going to come. And we're going to sing, and we just want to honor our Heavenly Father. But I just think there's a, a, a place of healing, a place of freedom that can kind of happen in you with a father hug. And like I said, it, it doesn't have to, you know, linger and linger and whatever. You know, it might just be a 10-second, 10, 10, 15-second hug. And I want you to know, all of us, we have prayed. Our hearts are pure. We just want to be a vessel to help symbolically maybe put something in place regarding a father hug. And also because that is so, so vital because how it affects our, our view of our Heavenly Father. I've had, I've had to forgive my father. I've had to forgive my stepfather. I've had to forgive my grandfather. I've had to forgive a father in the faith. You know, and so... Sometimes there's just something healing about that. I want to pray over you. Um, 
because we've never done this really before, we'll probably do it kind of like we do anointing oil. Okay, and this is, how many of you know we're not being weird? And if this is weird for you, come back on Sunday, okay? When we handle snakes. No, we don't do it. We don't. We don't do that. We don't do that. But I got your attention. I saw somebody turn and say, I'm inviting people Sunday. <laughs> so if I could, could, gentlemen, could I have those of you that I've asked to come and, and be with us tonight and um, worship team, if you'll come. I want to pray over you, first of all, and just make this very personal tonight, okay? And let me pray over you. Father, right now, Father, we come to you. We take this time to honor you and to acknowledge you. We also take this time to forgive, to forgive our dads, to release them, to bless them. We honor them. And Lord, right now we have to look past them though so that our relationship with you is not in any way hindered. So God, we look to you tonight. I pray that every one of us, when we leave here in just a little while, that there's just something a little more whole and a little more full in our hearts, a little more clear regarding being able to see you, our Heavenly Father, holy, perfect, loves us in every way, knows what we have need of. One place in your word, it says, we're the apple of your eye. Help us to really believe that. Help us to really believe that you're for us. Help us to really believe that you don't play favorites, that you don't love somebody better than you love me. You don't love others more than you love you. And I pray tonight, Lord, not to dishonor any earthly father, but to look past them and to look to you. I pray that these hugs that we give tonight, that they would be healing somehow. We're doing this because we feel like you've laid this on our hearts. We know the the power of healthy physical contact. And I pray, Lord, this would bring healing to some folks tonight, some wholeness and strength and peace. And that it will help all of us be able to see you more clearly, trust you more fully. Spirit of the living God that brought us adoption so that we could be sons and daughters and co-heirs with Jesus Christ. Do a holy work tonight in this place. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.